listening to an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. Tonight's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. the marketing efforts of the church or some more craven subconscious impulse embedded in patriarchy, but it seems like something is out there conspiring to take the edge off Mary, the mother of God. I mean, here's a character that comes on stage belting out this intensely revolutionary song. A song about the upheaval of the established order. A song the Russian czars didn't like being sung in mass because it terrified them. Send the rich empty away. A song the Archbishop of Canterbury told his missionaries to India not to read in public 
Because in a country with such poverty, it might incite riots. Take down the mighty. And yet, does Mary ever really even get a good line in a nativity play? In manger scenes and Christmas songs and American iconography, she is tepid and silent and bland. And always in that blue dress. <laughs> Why not a balaclava? Or something a little more piratey, maybe? Or just an expression on her face? This is the woman who carries God in her womb. So the story goes. This is the mother who gives birth to God. There's a lot under the surface in the Bible here. I mean, barely under the surface, really. From the beginning of time, when humans first started making things, they carved, molded, fired, whittled, wove images of what we've come to call fertility goddesses. The strongest religious manifestation of the ancient world pretty much everywhere, the great mother goddess. She was there in the beginning of the Hebrew religion. You can see her traces all over the Bible. The feminine face of God, the queen of heaven, El Shaddai. Usually translated the almighty God, can also be translated the one of the breast. I know which way I'd go. You know, the God of love and mercy for all people isn't really expressed all that well by a number or a gender. One is more like two, for example, than it is like God. Language fails. But God is assuredly not one old Man in the sky with a beard. God may be one, or rather three and run, but God is not a monolith. A stone structure intractably indivisible and uniform. A monoculture, wiping out biodiversity. Who wants one person monopolizing a conversation or a monopoly one entity with exclusive possession or control over something. A monocarpic plant flowers and bears fruit only once. Monochromatic, one color. Monotone, dull repetition, lack of variety in style, manner or color, I could go on and on. Still some people editing the text formed a religion trying to make sure monotheism got a good hold. It's understandable. But in the process, they wiped out any traces of the mother goddess. She seemed like a threat to monotheism. Considering all the efforts, all the efforts made to eradicate her, it is astonishing, I think. Beautiful. Wild that in the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right off, first thing, God becomes incarnate through the womb of the mother. The institution had been trying to get rid of the beloved mother forever, and here she is in Luke chapter 1. 
the pregnant mother birthing God, a powerless teenage girl overcome unwillingly by the Spirit of God? I don't think so. A subversive revolutionary who somehow makes her way into the Vatican? Onto the mantles of fundamentalist households in Texas and Tennessee? I think maybe that's more like it. It's really amazing to survey how Mary has appeared over time all across the world, what she means to people. She is loved and venerated by Muslims as much as Catholics. She is a black Madonna of Brazil, mother of the excluded condemner of slavery. In Poland, she is known as the queen of workers. I'm not kidding. Union leader? Maybe some black boots and a union patch? As a mother of all across Latin America, she led the movements of people seeking liberation from oppression over and over again. She is Guadalupe, the indigenous goddess who convinces the Catholic Church to make her the patron saint of Mexico, a vital revolutionary image of resistance to colonization and genocide. There's a Sufi order that names itself after Mary and emphasizes the divine feminine. She is Our Lady of Sorrows, Mercy, Solitude, Comfort, Miracles, Stars, Light, the daughter of Zion, seat of wisdom, refuge of sinners, mirror of justice, queen of peace, mystical rose. She's the queen of the forests in a syncretist Brazilian jungle religion where they drink the ayahuasca. Some people might think she never really got a handle on the whole branding thing. You can't pin her down. She certainly doesn't have one simple identity. But what kind of people want to make themselves into a brand? There isn't much monolith, monotone, monoculture, or monotony with Mary. Though they've tried in many, many ways, the authorities simply cannot regulate her. She shows up in France, in Ireland, Rwanda, Egypt, and Wisconsin, of all places. I love that she appeared to three poor peasant children in a town in Portugal named after Muhammad's daughter, Fatima. Fatima was Muhammad's most beloved child, the one said to resemble him most with her kindness and generosity. Fatima is revered in Islam almost as much as Mary, the mother of Jesus, is revered in Islam. I love that we have this juxtaposition of, juxtaposition of words. Our Lady of Fatima. Our Lady, meaning Christian's Lady, of Fatima, the Shining One of Islam. All in one breath. Muslim pilgrims pray next to Christian pilgrims at Our Lady of Fatima's shrine. Maybe truth isn't always exactly a scientific assembly of verifiable facts, as much as truth is a move toward love, toward loving relationship. God, loving mercy, shalom, salam. 
The mother who loves all of her children and wants to keep them talking. The lady has a way with that sort of a thing. Creating portals, building bridges, illuminating cracks in the walls instead of fortifying them. She is not a brand. She is the mediatrix, the builder of bridges, the blurrer of lines. Though our faiths so often follow the guiding visions of the fathers, the women take us different places. They stretch the lines, they open things up, they take us outside the firm foundation, the strict boundaries of tradition. Instead of guarding the borders carefully, we need to find holes in the fences that divide us. And Mary, it seems like she will show up pretty much anywhere, everywhere. She's been spotted on a grilled cheese sandwich in the Chicago suburbs. (laughs) On a pizza pan in Houston. A pretzel, a lump of firewood, a felled tree in New Jersey, a fence in Australia. Australia. She's been sighted in Cheetos, tortillas, chapatas, tea, and dental x-rays. We might find these sort of appearances... Questionable? Silly? They are certainly not apparitions officially approved by the Roman Catholic Church, but it might be just like her to show up for the kooks and the crackpots and the crazies, for the hungry, for the starved and the uncouth. The rich and the well-educated are sent empty away. And the poor receive their blessing. Far from being imposed on a reluctant laity by an authoritarian regime, belief in Marian apparitions has often as not been imposed from below on the ecclesiastical authorities. I like that, taking down the mighty from their thrones. Mary is black. Mary is Mexican. Sometimes she's lily white, too. I saw a great image of Our Lady of Guadalupe with boxing gloves and a bikini on. (laughs) Whenever, wherever, and however she is, though, she is unfailingly true to her song. She comes for the poor and the sick and the wounded, for the mothers who have lost children, for the tired and the oppressed. I'm not sure that you can say the same for how things have played out with the Almighty Father. I love that Che Guevara said the revolution is guided by great feelings. Feelings, Che Guevara, of love. This sounds like the mother. Of course God is not mother or father. God is not male or female. God is not cis, L, B, G, T, or Q. All we have are inadequate, if often beautiful, metaphors. God is a lily, a rose, dew, wind, and fire. God is a mother bear and a lion. On the other hand, God is not a lion, but a lamb. God is not in the fire or the wind, but in a still, small voice. God is a fighter, 
God gives birth. This proliferation of metaphors in the Bible might lead us to believe God is more like many things than one thing. We don't know exactly what we're talking about when we talk about God. This is a very important insight to retain. God is not sitting on a throne that our systems build. God is much more lively than static, more rambunctious than monotonous, more mother-father-lover than something very uniform or formulaic, a riotous sort of proliferation of blooms, more than a monoculture. it may not be the year for the flashy God almighty father thin-skinned patriarch who insists that people worship him. Maybe a little more mother love as we start the new year. A little more subverting of the established order. Maybe God's body round and capacious given for you. The views expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official views of the Latter-day Seekers team or of Community of Christ. The music has been provided by Ben Howington. You can find his music at mormonguitar.com. Mormon Guitar